Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I want to tell you about the Berners Street hoax of 1810, a very amusing incident indeed that was suggested to me as a podcast topic by alert listener Simon Scott. Good on you, Simo, old son. It was good fun to get across this one, and uh, well, I hope, I hope all the alert listeners out there will, in, uh, will enjoy the story. Here we go. <clears throat> on the 27th of November, 1810, at 5 o'clock in the morning, a chimney sweep wrapped on the door of 54 Berners Street in central London. He'd received a letter from the wealthy widow that lived there, Mrs. Mary Teresa Tottingham, although most accounts of this story incorrectly name her as Mrs. Tottenham, uh, not Tottingham, but her name was indeed Tottingham. Anyway, uh, this this letter that the sweep had received, it asked him to come around to her place that morning and uh, give her chimney a good old sweeping, if you know what I mean. But what I, what I mean by that is, yeah, he would get a brush and brush the soot out of her chimney. Not like that, mate. Come on, come on, get your, get your mind out of the gutter. Anyway, the servant who answered the door was mightily confused, I can tell you, because as far as anyone in the house knew, no such letter had ever been sent. And furthermore, the chimney wasn't even in need of sweeping. So this poor old chimney sweeper, he's sent away, he's grumbling to himself, he's pissed off, oh, bloody up before five o'clock for a job, turns out there's been some mistake, bloody hell, so he's going away. But imagine his confusion as he turns back out into Burner Street to find another chimney sweep approaching the house. Bloody, what's going on here? Is this bloke going to sweep the chimney? Why, why does he get to do it when I was turned away? But no, the servant at the door sends this chimney sweep away as well, despite his story about also having received a letter asking him to come and sweep the chimney for Mrs. Tottingham. But as this second chimney sweep was, was being sent away, another sweep arrived and another A dozen in all, a dozen chimney sweeps turned up bright and early, each of them claiming they had had received instructions to come and ply their trade at 54 Burners Street. So the servants at the front door, they're trying to deal with this plague of chimney sweeps. But I'll tell you this, their day is about to get even more interesting because... While they're busy trying to explain that, no, mate, we don't need a chimney sweep. I'm sorry got out of bed so early. I can't help you, mate. Mrs. Tottingham never sent a letter. Oh, oh, all right, come on. Come on now. There's no need for language like that. Settle down, mate. Bloody on you. Go jog on. As the chimney sweeps were being turned away and sent back out into the street, they had 
some difficulty navigating their way down Burner Street because as they were leaving, carts and wagons filled with coal had begun to line up on the street outside number 54. And you'll never guess who the delivery drivers claimed had ordered their cart loads and wagon loads of coal. Mrs. Tottingham once again had apparently sent off a dozen letters to a dozen different coal sellers, all asking for a delivery of coal to her house on the morning of the 27th of November. Now, these delivery men, they were turned away just as the chimney sweeps had been, grumbling to themselves about time wasters. But this was just the beginning of the bizarre scenes on Burner Street that day. As time passed and as the day progressed, all manner of people turned up at number 54, each and every one of them claiming to have been summoned by Mrs. Tottingham for various reasons. Just about every single profession you can think of. Cobblers turned up with new shoes for a fishmongers with fish. 40 butchers, each of them carrying an entire leg of mutton that apparently she had ordered, ready to deliver their goods. Artists arrived, ready to paint Mrs. Tottingham's portrait. Lawyers, ready to settle estates. Priests told they needed to come and deliver the last rites to someone who was said to be dying in the house. Cab drivers, ready to pick her up and drive Mrs. Tottingham off to Bath. Even doctors who had received instructions to come down and perform amputations at her house. Opticians with glasses, barbers with wigs, people with barrels of wine and beer, cartloads of furniture, even a series of bakers bringing with them great big wedding cakes that they claimed had been ordered. A dozen pianos arrived, again, those delivering them, saying they'd been ordered by the wealthy widow. And at one point, six great big muscly men pushed their way through the crowd with an entire organ that they attempted to bring into the house. And then, at around 11 o'clock, a grand, stately carriage turned into Burner Street, or attempted to anyway. The street was choked with all these people, their carts and their wagons and their horses and their goods. All of them arguing with the poor servants and and with each other, dropping and damaging their goods, pushing past each other to either get to or get away from number 54. At one point, right, at one point, the servants had to turn away an undertaker who had been told that Mrs. Tottingham was dead and therefore had brought with him a coffin to transport her body. It was absolute chaos. And this grand carriage didn't stick around to get involved because it carried inside it the Lord Mayor of London. The Lord Mayor had received a letter claiming that Mrs. Tottingham had been summoned to visit him, but was unable to due to her poor health. So would he do her a favour and call upon her instead for their meeting? The Lord Mayor was very generously ready to oblige, but after seeing the carnage on Burner Street. He ordered his driver to take him to a nearby police station instead so the chaos could be reported and dealt with. But even after the cops turned up on Burner Street, it didn't help at all. People continued to stream into Burner Street for the rest of the day. There are stories about high-ranking public figures such as the Governor of the Bank of England, the Archbishop of Canterbury, and the Duke of York turning up. i Don't know if that's actually true or just a journalist who wrote about the incident later letting their imagination get the better of them. But right through to the evening, 
Berners Street was chock-a-block with people all hell-bent on making it to number 54, answering the summons that they had received from Mrs. Tottingham. And people were furious to find out that she didn't require their services. Not only was Berners Street in chaos, the surrounding streets were jammed, carts and carriages couldn't get through. It was some proper central London traffic arriving two centuries too early here. The last people to arrive at number 54 were a series of people answering a job posting as Mrs. Tottingham was apparently seeking to employ some new servants. And honestly, after the day that her current servants had just had, I wouldn't have been surprised if she actually ended up needing new staff after what they'd been through. Anyway. After this day of madness and mayhem, all the London papers were abuzz with this absurd story. Thousands of people turning up at this address, all of them supposedly summoned by Mrs. Tottingham. Mrs. Tottingham saying herself, I didn't have anything to do with this. I don't know why all these people arrived. And by the next day, everyone in the city, everyone in London had heard of and was having a good laugh at the pandemonium that had taken place in Berners Street. Well... I say everyone, maybe not everyone. Plenty of people wanted to find whoever was responsible for all the chaos and see them arrested and punished. And poor old Mrs. Tottingham, she's having having to deny things till she's blue in the face. She didn't know anything about it. She hadn't written any of the letters that people had claimed she had. She didn't know anything about why everyone had turned up. So at this point in the story, you're probably wondering why. Why did they turn up? Why did this happen? Why did the hundreds and thousands of people all turn up at 54 Berners Street on the same day with legs of lamb and wedding cakes and pianos and coffins only to be turned away by Mrs. Tottingham and her staff. Well, if you had been there on Berners Street on that day and if you had kept a close eye on a window in a building opposite number 54 you might have noticed two blokes watching the carnage unfold on the street below them with great big grins on their faces, loving every minute of it. A week beforehand, these two men, satirist and intellectual Theodore Hook and his friend, the architect and writer Samuel Beasley, they'd been walking down Berners Street together when Hook had pointed, seemingly at random, at number 54, and he had bet Beasley the princely sum of one guinea, around £90 in today's terms, that he could make that building the most talked about address in London in the space of a week. Now, Beasley, of course, being presented with this ridiculous bet, he knew a good bet when he saw it, he accepted easily. After all, how could Hook possibly get everyone in the city of London to talk about some random house on some random street in the space of a week? Well, Hook, who was already by this stage a very well-known prankster, he loved a joke and a jape, this bloke, he had a plan for how he would do this. In the week leading up to the bet, he and two of his associates wrote and sent off thousands of letters to all of these people who had turned up asking them to arrive on the appointed day and to provide their goods or services and signing these letters, Mrs. Tottingham. Here are some examples of uh, of some of the letters that were sent out. Mrs. Tottingham requests that a post-chase and four may be at her house at two tomorrow to convey her to the first stage towards Bath, 54 Berners Street, Monday. Or another one. Mrs. Tottingham requests Mr. Blank will call upon her at two tomorrow as she wishes to consult him about the sale of an estate, 54 Berners Street, Monday. 
all of these people had very obligingly answered their summons. And honestly, why wouldn't you? It's your job, mate. Of course you're going to go bloody sell a leg of lamb to this widow. Fantastic. Hook had then, after sending out all these letters, rented out a room opposite number 54 for just the day to watch the mayhem from the best seat in the house. And he had brought Beasley along with him to view it as well. And you can only imagine the two of them absolutely wetting themselves at the scenes that unfolded below. And in the wake of the prank, of course, as I said, everyone was talking about 54 Burners Street and what had happened there. So Beasley handed over the guinea and honestly, probably did it very happily, given the excellent entertainment that it had bought him. But Hook, well, look, this bloke, he was a rascal, he was a rogue, and he already had a reputation as a practical joker. He correctly anticipated that at least some suspicion would be on him as the man responsible for everything. And so in the days after this prank, he decided quite wisely to abscond to the continent for a while, to lay low and hang out until it all blew over, which it did, of course, in a few weeks And Hook came back and got away with one of the funniest practical jokes I have ever come across. He got away with it scot-free and didn't reveal that he had been behind it until decades later. He also didn't have any kind of relationship with Mrs. Tottingham either. It seems like her house really was just picked at random, this poor old lady. But... Before we before we wrap up this episode, I want to tell you a little bit more about about Theodore Hook because he was he honestly was he was absolutely brilliant. He was he was quite the japester as you can imagine, and uh, I want to tell you about one of his other practical jokes, one that he undertook thirty years later in eighteen forty. This one's really interesting because Hook was the recipient of the world's first ever postcard. A card sent by mail with a picture on one side and text on the other, not sealed away in an envelope. Everyone knows what a postcard is. You you know, you send one off to your mum when you're on holiday and it arrives at her place after you've got back from the holiday. Um, But yes, Hook was the recipient of the first postcard ever sent through the mail. And uh, if you'll believe it, the world's first, first ever postcard was, in fact, actually a practical joke. It's largely accepted that Hook actually sent the postcard from himself to himself. And uh, and you're thinking, okay, well, sure, but how is this a practical joke? Well, because Hook made this postcard himself and on the front of it, he drew some rather unflattering caricatures of the postal clerks that would sort and send off this postcard once it arrived at the post office. And of course, Hook knew that as they were sorting it, they would look at the postcard and see these unflattering caricatures of them. Look, even today, right? Everyone knows, everyone suspects the post, you'll have a squeeze at any postcards they deliver, right? And so the world's first ever postcard counted on that being fact to play a prank on the posties that sorted and deliver it to gently tease them as they're going about doing their job sorting the mail. We remember many different historical figures for many different reasons. But to be honest, really, I crave a legacy like Theodore Hook. Remembered for two things clogging up half a London to win a bet with the hilarious practical joke and 
for both sending and receiving the world's first postcard, which was, for good measure, a practical joke as well. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.